Thanks for listening to the Adulting is Easy podcast. My name is Lauren and I manage the Adulting is Easy blog and podcast at realadultingiseasy.com. The podcast can also be found a bunch of different places, including, you know, Spotify, Anchor and others. I'm joined today by my husband, Eric. Thank you for joining. I'm excited to be here. Great. So everyone, by the way, Eric is the one who wrote and plays the podcast's introductory music on the guitar. I hope you guys like it half as much as I do. Thanks for doing that, Eric. Of course. So our goal for today is to make adulting a bit easier for our listeners by discussing a personal finance topic, since managing money is a big part of adulting. Today, we're going to tell our real estate story from starter home to today. And I think it's going to be a little bit longer than usual. Just a heads up. Ready to go? Uh, yeah, one might say I'm ready to rock and roll. Just like your guitar. Yep. All right. So starting then first with um, the kind of initial starter home. Um, Eric has to sit back a little bit here because this part happened before he came into the picture completely. So my entry into real estate could be called somewhat accidental. In 2012, I graduated from college, moved home, took a retail job, and then went looking for an apartment to share with my friend who had actually been my roommate um, before in Gainesville. So basically, I was living the classic millennial situation mid-Great Recession. So it didn't take long for us to realize that we were each going to pay between 800 and maybe 1000 bucks to live in a pretty mediocre two-bedroom apartment together. So at the time, I was making fifteen seventy-five per hour at that retail job, and I had about $12,000 in the bank. That money had been set aside for years to pay for a Mustang, of course, and I was still driving my first car, an 02 Ford Focus, which was about 10 years old, had maybe 85,000 miles on it. I can't remember exactly. So on the bright side, I didn't have any student loans, and my car had been a gift for my 16th birthday, so there was no car payment. Um, in terms of credit, I had never really thought much about it at this point as a 22-year-old in 2012. So one day, mid-apartment search, my mom suggested I buy a house. And again, I'm 22 at this time, and I ran through quickly in my head the entire financial situation that I just outlined for you. And I concluded that there's absolutely no way that I could buy a house. I made $15.75 an hour, had 12 grand in the bank, was 22, etc. So, um... Anyways, off to the bank we went. So when they ran my credit, I learned that I actually had three credit cards. So one was the one that I used every month. One was a Sears credit card. And the other one, I, I don't remember, um, but there was a third one there. So I, I did have three lines of credit. Um, turns out that four years of being in school full-time counts as work history. So voila, I was approved for an FHA loan which meant that I could put 3.5% down, and that loan could be around $125,000. So walking out of the bank, my mom turns to me and goes, the banks must be desperate for loans. And I thought, yeah, for sure, because I'm 22 and I don't feel nearly qualified enough to own my own home. So I bought a house for $125,000. It was a fixer upper, but it was livable. I put $62.50 down and borrowed $62.50 from my parents at 0%. And if the bank ever asked, that money was a gift. However, I did pay it back. And I got a 10% conventional loan with a 3375% interest rate, which actually rates aren't that much higher now, um, going on eight, nine years later. So by the time the place was furnished, my account was down to about $1,000. 
So my payment, including principal, interest, taxes, insurance, and mortgage insurance was 740 bucks or so. Um, so just a little recap there. I was approved for an FHA loan. I did not do that. I did the conventional loan because I did 10% conventional. I did have to pay that private mortgage insurance until I owned 20% of the value of the home. Because I borrowed money from my parents, I was able to do that. So my payment was 740. I rented out one of the bedrooms for 500 and split utilities with my roommate 50/50. So later, I learned thanks to bigger pockets that this is sometimes referred to as a house hack, which means you rent out part of your house or other units of a multifamily property and live for either very cheap, free, or at a profit. Eric, anything to comment on there? Uh, no, I think you covered it pretty good. Yep, so that's where you came in. Right. So in 2015, uh, I had just graduated college, and I had not yet uh, found a place of my own. Um, so Lauren and I... That was the year I met Lauren and we started dating and I think, what were we together? How long were we together before we moved in? Six months. Six months. Six yeah. months. After six months, uh, I knew that she was the one that I wanted to spend every day with, day in and day out. So we decided to move in together. Yeah. So that would be March 2016 we moved in together. Yep. So uh, we moved into her house. I mean, in addition to that, I mean, we obviously saw the financial implications of living together. There's some... Um, benefits associated with that. Um, Not for you. You went from living at home, right? Because you lived at home while you went to school. So your financial situation actually got a little worse by moving in with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, thanks to my father, you know, he did front most, much of the, the monthly bills. So then moving in with Lauren, we decided to split things 50-50. And so we're going from paying almost no rent to having to actually pay some of the mortgage it's a it's a shell shock for anyone um, going from that situation. Worked out situation. worked out well for me though. <laughs> yes, it worked out good for both of us. Very true. Um, but so I, I lived very close, well not very close, but closer to where I worked uh, at that point. And then once I moved in with Lauren, uh, we started to experience some things that. Um, we could have seen coming, I guess. I did see coming that at the time was no big deal. But as we started living there, it's like, wow, this is not as good as we thought it was going to be initially. And, and that's when we started to realize we need to sort of figure out um, our next steps into becoming a little bit more comfortable. So, for example, my my commute was over 45 miles to where I worked. Each way. Each way. So, yeah, so it was an hour. I was I found myself waking up at, I don't know, was it 5, 5 a.m.? Something like that. 5 a.m. driving to work just to beat the traffic and then having to, you know, leave work early or very late to make it back at a decent time. In addition, the house was like a one-car garage, so um, Lauren got the privilege of parking in the garage and I uh, parked my beautiful brand new 2015 Forerunner at the time. I still have it, but it's time it was new, uh, in the driveway. Um, in my defense, the garage was small and really wouldn't have accommodated the Forerunner. And I will say, fortunately, it was the the park the uh, driveway was wide enough that I was able to move it to the side, so I didn't have to like move my car every time she wanted to leave. So I was one benefit. But <laughs> um, in addition, what else were some of the challenges for that house? That we... uh, the closets were a big deal. So I don't know if you you remember this, but um, 
there was the master closet and half of my clothes were in there and then half of my clothes were in the third bedroom and all of your clothes were in the second bedroom. Right. That was a big deal. So That was the only time we ever used the second bedroom was to go in there for clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the third bedroom was kind of like the, the guest room at that point. But um, the closet space thing got really annoying. And then the, the master bathroom too. Um, and that it, was even after we redid the master bathroom. Yeah. It was still way too small. Yeah, redid the master bathroom to make the shower bigger. Um, but there was nothing we could really do about the existing space. So we still had the single sink which was a little bit frustrating and just again not a lot of storage because in order to make the shower bigger we got rid of the linen closet so it was just kind of tight in there too uh, yep sharing a sink was fun <laughs> so i guess we only lived there together for like a year or so sounds right yep yeah so in early 2017 um your mom started helping us look for a little bit a little bit larger home with more closet space two sinks in the master, a two-car garage, and easier access to Tampa. Yeah, that had. was definitely the biggest thing was the location, to find something that's in the middle of St. Tampa and St. Pete. Yeah, Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater, all of that. Um, so if you recall, we found a house after looking for about 60 days or so, and I was going to sell the first house to buy that one. Eric and I were not married at this time, so we didn't think, and again, we had only been together a year and a half, had been living together for a year, so we didn't think making a joint purchase of that magnitude was a great idea. So I decided to sell my first house and then I would just buy um, the second house. Um, my dad didn't like that. He wanted me to keep the first one and rent it out and then just buy the second house. And um, that's a good idea in theory. However, as I mentioned earlier, I had only put 10% down on the first house. And I have, at the time of um, moving into our house that we're in now, I had just stopped paying the mortgage insurance every month because I finally owned more than 20% of the house according to the bank. And so we didn't want to do that again in this house. Um, I didn't want to put down 10% again. So that's why I wanted to sell the first house. But my dad said he'd loan me some money again. And uh, I had already paid him back um, from that first one. So he agreed to loan $28,000. Which even saying that now seems like so much money, but mm -hmm. that's what he loaned. And then uh, we were able to keep the first house and rent it out. Yeah. So that's how we accidentally became landlords. <laughs> so we bought the house um, and that this house that we're in, it does have um, everything that we really wanted. Location's great, two sinks, two car garage, um, better location, all that. Yeah, and I, I would hardly call it accidental. I mean, we plan to become, I mean, to some extent, maybe not with that house, but we've always wanted, it wasn't like the then. idea. It's, I know it seems like it, but it wasn't until then that we really thought about it. Is that true? Yeah, it really hmm. was. Maybe I always just had it in the back of my mind. <laughs> maybe. Like, someday. <laughs> maybe. I mean, Sooner than we ever thought, I guess. Yeah, I true. mean, your mom is a realtor and a broker, and she owns multiple houses. That right, so I always saw it growing up. Yeah. That, that, that's Away. And my parents have Your one parents rental, too. yes, which is why they thought it was a good idea for me to have. Their their vision for us was have our house and have one rental like that, right. I think. Um, so we really weren't planning it at that point, though. When we were buying, when we started looking for the second house, the idea wasn't, we're going to keep this first one and be landlords right now. Right. So that's what I mean by just <laughs> a little bit of an accident. So we rented out that three-bedroom, two-bath, one-car garage starter home. Um, and we, just an FYI on the insurance 
We did not get an umbrella policy, um, but we did, however, change the insurance to indicate that it was a rental house. Um, just an FYI, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that nowadays. Um, so the two of us, Eric and I and my uncle, spent the day. We made some small repairs in both houses. There really, really wasn't really wasn't too bad. Yeah. We took pictures of the first house, the one that we were um, putting up for rent when we uh, were when we were done with the repairs. I listed the property on Zillow, and then we scheduled back-to-back appointments really shortly after that, maybe one, you know, Sunday afternoon. Maybe that was two weeks after we had moved. It wasn't that long. Quick. And we had a couple of no-shows, and then we got pretty lucky. Um, One man came in looking at the place to rent it for his grandparents, and they had sold a business, and they were selling their home in Tampa, and they wanted to move to St. Pete to be closer to him and his mom, which would be their daughter. Um, he sent me the rental application and a bank statement. Um, they had over 200 grand in the bank, and that was really good enough for me. Um, we didn't we didn't um, do a background check, and we didn't meet them. <laughs> we just both, let them move in. Both I, I might not recommend. Um, it worked out in our favor as we did eventually meet them, and they were very very nice, uh, older older people, and took very good care of the place. Yeah, um, but it was odd. It was odd not to know who your tenants are. Yeah. Who's living in your house that it must have been even more odd for Lauren because that was her like her house, her baby house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I got a good feeling from the uh, from the grandson there, but would not recommend it. This <laughs> so do you want to go over what the numbers looked like for the place? Uh, sure. So our gross income uh, ended up being $1,500 over 12 months. That's $18,000 uh, for the year. Um, property management was... Uh, non-existent we were the property managers um water bills ninety dollars a month 12 months uh, a little over a thousand dollars there uh, other expenses two hundred dollars uh for over every month for 12 months 2400 insurance 1300 taxes 1700 so when you add that up uh net it out you get um eleven thousand five hundred and twenty was our net income um, which results in a, a cap rate, uh, which is the net income divided by the purchase price um, of about 9.2%. So that's a pretty good pretty good return right there. Yeah, so the investment looks really good. We learned a lot about managing a property and about the benefits of owning an investment property at this point. Um, once we dug a little deeper, though, that cap rate was a little bit deceiving. The house was actually worth 225 at that point. So if you threw that purchase price into that cap rate um, calculation, so 11520 divided by 225000 the cap rate falls to 5.1%. Um, and most investors do want over an 8% cap rate. So additionally, after the year, uh, after a year or so, the taxes went up quite a bit. So even with all of that said, we probably would have chosen to hold on to the property if the tenants had stayed. Yeah, I mean, we never heard from them. They were great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so as the term was ending on the one-year lease, our tenants did resign for a second year. However, a few months into that second lease, and this is really sad, um, the husband was diagnosed with cancer and died really quickly after that. And then uh, the wife, it, she moved in with her daughter, um, and so they were no longer in the house. And just for the record, they did have a year-long lease, um, and... It's basically up to the landlord or the property manager to get the place rented as quickly as possible, but you are technically allowed to continue to charge rent until you get the place rented out. We didn't do that. We let them out of the lease. 
So let's see. So we did list at that point. I forgot we did list the property for rent, but we didn't get nearly as many hits as before, which had been in you know the year and a half earlier, which had been in April. This was in November, and I think that had something to do with it that people really weren't ready to move um, right around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, also throughout this time, so this is why I say this is where we kind of got into the idea of being um, you know real estate investors was. Basically, when they moved in, I started reading all those books, all the real estate books. And I, you know, I was looking, I had been looking at properties to buy and everything like that. So um, we had been looking for another property to buy in addition to that one, but we didn't have enough cash to do it on it for a cash basis. So we had been making conventional financing offers. Mm -hmm. Um, So throughout that year and a half that it was rented out, we had been looking for additional properties and we had been doing a lot of research and I read a lot of books. yeah, in addition to the books, we worked together to develop a, an Excel sheet to help us evaluate properties. So more quickly, you know, you pull up your list on Zillow. You're like, does this property make sense? Well, okay, let's plug the numbers into an Excel sheet and see. Yes, it's generous of you to say that we made that Excel sheet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we so without so when we didn't get as many hits yeah, after our tenants um, passed one passed away and the one moved out. We decided to sell that first house, thinking we can get some cash out of that, put it into a new investment property that had a better cap rate than that one, basically. Um, so we made the decision to list the property for sale in the new year um, for three reasons. Um, one, like I said, we could put the equity to better use. Two, the property was empty. And three, since it had been the primary residence for two of the last five years, we would not have to pay capital gains taxes. I would also say we felt like the market was pretty high. Yes, that's correct. So we thought we'd get a good, um, sell the house for a good good value at that, that time. Yeah, basically that we thought it had appreciated as, you know, on a percentage basis every year as much as it really ever And looking would. back, has that been true? How is that a property? Do we, do you know? I haven't looked at it since we sold it. It's only been about six months since we sold it, so I haven't looked. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we, just, so this, again, this is November. We didn't get any um, hits on it in terms of, you know, qualified tenants that wanted to rent it. So then um, in December, we just kind of let the place sit. So we decided to um, list it in the new year. So this is right around January. Um, However, my gut told me based on having done a bunch of research and been looking at houses that were selling in the area that we should have redone the kitchen on that place. our realtor at the time, this was not Eric's mom, this was a different realtor, um, he disagreed with me on that. So um, we didn't end up doing the kitchen. Uh, the property sat for a couple of months, that November and December, before it was listed in January. We were paying about $1,000 in mortgage, escrow, and utilities. And plus, I was still paying my dad back that $400 a month uh, for the twenty-eight grand we borrowed on our house. Um, so the house we originally listed it for north of two hundred and fifty thousand. It sat on the market for three months. We did a couple of price decreases. Um, in hindsight, we probably should have done the kitchen while it sat in November and December. Then we maybe could have gotten over two hundred fifty, like we originally listed. Um, but that's really neither here nor there. We did really well on it when we sold it. Um, the taxes went up during that time, so the cap rate, if we would have rented it out, would have been even worse. Um, so upon selling the property, we sold it for two hundred and twenty-five thousand, and so over a hundred thousand dollars was deposited into our online savings account, which we could apply to then another property. 
anything to add on that? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. So the reasons you should invest in real estate that we were looking at and that everyone should look at are there's really four reasons. One is the tax benefits. Two is the mortgage pay down. Three is the appreciation of the property. And four are the cash flows on the rental property after you pay all of your expenses and set aside money for capital repairs and things like that. Um, so we sold the place. This was um, April of this year, 2019. Um, we wanted to hold on to that money for a little bit because we were doing some very exciting wedding planning at that point since we got married in the middle of this year. So um, we didn't have a whole lot of time to be doing the real estate research and reading. So that $100,000 just sat in that um, in that online account uh, for, for about six months or so. Um, also, oh, regarding the $28,000 that we borrowed on our house, my dad at that point basically wrote almost the rest of that debt off um, as a means of paying for our wedding. So um, we were basically free and clear at that point, had $100,000 in the bank uh, plus, 100,000 plus, 100 from that place, plus some that we had been saving um, to put into a new real estate property. We didn't know my dad anymore. Anything to say? Nope. <laughs> All right, cool. So that brings us basically to a couple months ago. Right. Right. So yeah. two months after our wedding and about six months after the sale of the first house, the one that we had been renting out, I found a property listed on the MLS for 175000 It was a duplex located on the south side of St. Pete. And just some background information, if anybody is not familiar with St. Petersburg, Florida, the south side in general is an up and coming area of the city. Uh, there are, however, pockets that are gentrifying more quickly than others. This duplex is not in a particularly gentrifying area. So it needs the cash flow now so that we could hold on to it for five or even 10 years. So it would be a long-term appreciation play with some cash flow then. So what were your thoughts, Eric, when I first told you about the duplex? Do you remember? Yeah, I would say it uh, was a mix of emotions. Um, on the south side, like Lauren mentioned, is, is not an ideal location right now. Um, so I was a little bit nervous, uh, about the property for that perspective. At the same time, I was pretty excited, uh, just cause it, it, it met all of the criteria we were looking for in a, in a rental property. Um, it was block construction, which is nice. And it was in the, you know, saying you want to invest in the South side and when actually doing it are a little bit different. Um, but it, it was exactly what we were looking for pretty close to the, the downtown area. Um, which is a positive. So if it is going to start to gentrify, it will from the north down south. So it was closest to that. Um, so yeah, I think it was just a, a mix of excitement um, and uh, being nervous. Yeah, that makes sense. So the duplex, there were two two bedroom, one bathroom units. Each were about 700 square feet. As Eric said, it is a block building that was built in 1960. Each unit has one covered parking spot um, with a carport. There's more room to park on the street as well. And each unit also has its own locked laundry room in the carport area and each has a fenced yard. So overall, a really nice, really nice little property. Um, both units have central AC and stone countertops. Kind of um, not really, that's a little bit rare on the south side, a pretty nice place. Um, each of the ACs have some years of life left, which is good. Although I don't have the best luck of ACs because I've replaced two. I'm two for two and replacing ACs. 
in my houses. Um, so the roof, which is a flat roof, that's kind of the one negative. It's been patched, but it was originally replaced in 2013 and it has about, you know, 10 years of life left at least. Yeah, it was set up for, for renters for the most part too. It was it was previously rented, so they, they had, um, I don't know if you have this to plan to mention this, but it was originally set up for Section 8 uh, rental. So it had gone through all the inspections. And when we um, put in an offer on this, it was sight unseen. Is that true? Yes, that's true. So we hadn't saw it before we put in the offer for it. So when we went out and looked at it the first time, it was, I was, we were both pleasantly pleased in what we found um, and how well kept and how well maintained the property was. Yep. So we were married at this point. So we were for the first time making a joint offer together because of everything Eric just said about it was sight unseen. We offered $150,000 cash. Remember it was listed for one seventy-five. dollars um, The seller had listed his prop, the property himself. So we got back to our realtor. Again, this is our friend really quickly. And there was one cash offer and a few, a few other offers for financing. Um, so this kind of told me that the hardcore investors weren't super interested at this price point, but um, we had over $200,000 sitting in the bank getting 1.9%. And I'd been at this again for two years of doing a bunch of research and reading and off making offers and things like that. So we upped the offer to $170,000 cash, which was supposedly less than the other cash offer they already had, but our terms were more desirable. We offered a shorter inspection period, no other contingencies, and a two-week close. So they they accepted. So at that point, we still had some decisions to make. Um, the biggest of which was whether to create an LLC and close in the business's name or whether to close in our own name. Do you want to talk about this part? Sure. Yeah, this part was, was rather stressful for us because the, the clock's ticking on your inspection period and your, your time to close. Um, so... Really, we probably should have had this all figured out before this, but but we didn't, so we quickly jumped on it. Uh, so the main benefit of closing an LLC is the asset protection. So if a tenant sues us, they would only have access to the assets in the LLC, in this case, just that one property. The downside is that it's difficult to refinance in an LLC. And even if you do, it has to be a commercial loan. Um, there is one other option, um, which would have been to, to close in our names, cash out, refinance the property, um, then claim it in an LLC. Um, it would have been, at that point, the bank could have came back and, and called the note due um, because of that. In the end, we decided that the cash was best caught up or, or kept in the property um, at this point. So we just created an LLC and closed in it. Yep. True. We thought that that was the best return that we could get for that cash that we had, and we wanted the asset protection as well. We definitely considered some other options, and it's to be determined if this was the right approach, I guess. But Yeah, the numbers really work well with it being cash rather than it being financed and paying all that uh, interest. Um, so we closed on that property in October of 2019. It's in great shape, according to both our inspector and our insurance broker. We spent some time there fixing some small issues that did get annoying because it was like three or four Saturdays in a row. Um, we also had to buy a stove and a fridge for one unit because the prior tenants had taken them with them when they left. Um, but other than that, it really didn't need a lot of work. So we hired a property manager this time. We did include that in our analysis. 
Um, and we gave him some good requirements for the renters, also learning from our prior experience. So over a 600 credit score, making um, income of three times the rent and a clean background check. So we got one side rented for November 1st and one um, rented for December 1st, each for $900. Yeah, do you want me to go over the uh, actual yeah, numbers here? Yeah, good. So our gross income, uh, unit one, we get $900. Uh, unit two, we get $900. So each of those, we get just under $11,000 for the year. Um, and then together, uh, $21,600. So that's the gross income. Gross, yes. So before we uh, start to deduct our expenses for the property here, uh, property management we pay ten percent of of the of the rent, so that comes to two thousand uh, about twenty one hundred uh, for the year. Um, lawn, we haven't even started our lawn service yet, but we're estimating it at about uh, fifty dollars, or about three hundred dollars for the year rather. Uh, other expenses and and capital expenditures which we're saving for come up to about $200 uh, per month. So it's about 2,400 for the year estimate. Insurance is 1,700, taxes 1,700, which puts our net income at about $15,000 and our cap rate uh, at about 8.8%. Yep, so as you can see, those numbers are good. Remember, um, when we looked initially at our first investment property, it was over a 9% cap rate. But if you would have looked at what we would have bought the property for at that time, the cap rate was down at 5%. So the 8.8% cap rate on this place, definitely a better use of the equity than we did have. And that includes property management, which we did right. not previously have. Good point. Excellent point. So going back to those four benefits of investing in real estate, number one, tax benefits. We're going to get some good tax benefits through being real estate investors, um, even with the LLC. Um, the second benefit would be mortgage pay down. We are not getting that. There is no mortgage on this place. We're really hoping for that third benefit of appreciation. Um, again, a little bit long-term of a play there. And then the cash flow, um, an 8% return for that cap rate is pretty good. Um, cash flow, the cash on cash return is a little lower than that, um, but still a really good return in my opinion. Anything to add? Yeah, I want to add one more thing, and you can edit this out if you don't want our listeners to hear this. Um, but while we were under contract for our property, um, just to kind of paint the whole picture for you about the south side of St. Petersburg, um, there was a murder at the end of our street. And our street is probably only, what do you say, a uh, quarter mile long, that, that street that we have our property on? It's really short. So... Um, I guess I don't really know why I'm saying this, just to maybe not be scared out of certain areas um, because they can be good investments even though they're not the best areas where you'd really want to live yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how much worse can it get? Uh, I don't think it can get worse than that. It, it was... doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah, and the, um, the, the crime rates are not typically good in St. Pete. We were under contract. There was a shooting down the street, which is really unfortunate. Um but that's part of the reason we're investing down there is because we believe that there literally is only upside. <laughs> so yeah, don't don't be scared away. Do your background checks. Use a property manager. Those are all some um, suggestions that I would have that we've learned through our real estate journey. So we are planning to invest in more real estate in the future. It's not really, you know, we're a little t TBD on what that looks like. Maybe go a little bit inland um, in, in between Tampa and Orlando and invest there rather than some more in St. Pete. 
Yeah, we'll just have to see uh, which opportunities present themselves. Yep, exactly. So you can, um, that's basically everything um, that we've got for you guys today. I know it was a bit longer than usual. Um, so you can find more information in the Adulting is Easy blog, Real Estate Our Story, posted in October at realadultingiseasy.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Adulting is Easy. We're also on Facebook now. Um, yep. You can email us at realadultingiseasy at gmail.com. If you like our show or site and you want to show your support, you can donate at patreon.com slash adulting is easy. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Hopefully we've made adulting a little easier for you. Thanks, guys.